Well, welcome to Chi Alpha. As you guys find a seat, uh, we're excited that you're here. That Chi, well, Chi Alpha is gathering at uh, True North, and we're just, uh, yeah, we're excited to be able to be together. I do want to take a minute to uh, uh, give you just a couple of announcements before we get into the message tonight. Um, first of all, we are meeting for prayer on a weekly basis on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock in the Wood Center in rooms. Is it E and F, guys? It's up there. Sweet, E and F. Um, this was this past Wednesday was the first time that we were able to do that, and it was great to be together in that uh, situation. We also have another announcement. We've got some limited mission trip opportunities. Um, these things uh, basically in the, the past year because of COVID, we had to cancel some things and move things forward. But we have some new opportunities both in Alaska as well as overseas. Uh, if you're interested in doing missions, we have limited spots available. Um, if you're interested in going on a mission trip this summer, you need to see me or Kevin or one of the staff, and we can begin to process that for you. Uh, if you were on a trip previously, you already received an email, and you're probably good to go. Uh, lastly, I just want to uh, say welcome to the first time, folks, if you're visiting with us. If it is your first time out after the service, we will have a table with merchandise. You can pick up a free sticker. Uh, just a way to say thanks. We're glad you're here, and so go ahead and check that out. And the last of all is we're going to take an offering. Where's our offering, folks? There you guys are. All right. Come on, Emily. And, yeah, all right. We got Heather, Emily, and Johnny. Sweet. All right. You guys, they're going to pass the buckets as Kevin comes. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, uh, please be with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just take this offering uh, that we give and that you would use it to uh, help us love others well for your kingdom. In your name, amen. Uh, I do want to take a second as those buckets are going around just to introduce uh, my friend, uh, Kevin Welch. He had a birthday, what, two days ago? Yeah. And so uh, he's like 22 now, 23, something like that. Uh, probably the most distinctive thing about Kevin is that he is the husband of Lindsay. And, uh, right? And the father of Ellie and Zach and Benjamin. There it is. I didn't forget anybody. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. See ya. There I am. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Y'all good? Okay. There's a lot of feedback going on. I don't know why. Mute that purple mic. There we go. You got it, Stefan. I believe in you. You man. Uh, awesome. Hey, just, man, that's going to bug me, but whatever. I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, Thursday nights. I love it. I love it. This is one of my favorite nights of the week. Uh, I actually, a couple nights ago, I got to go hang out with Cullen and Keaton at their small group, and it reminded me that small group is actually my favorite night of the week. So it should be for y'all. But Thursday night, I love it. I love being here, and it is an honor to just share with you guys what I really do believe the Lord has for us tonight and throughout the rest of the semester, right? So last week, if you guys were here, I'll give you a little lowdown, a little catch-up on what uh, we really do believe God is, is in taking us through this semester, and that's simply this. It's we are going back to the basics. We're, we're going to the fundamentals of what it means to believe in Jesus, right, and to have a relationship with him. And so last week, Paul crushed it. He talked about one huge topic, and that was the nature and character of God, right? Essentially just describing the nature of God, what he is, and then the character of God, who he is, and how all of that is represented through Jesus. Huge topic, condensed down to like 30 minutes. It was awesome, right? 
And so it was great. And if you guys missed it and you want to uh, get a copy of it or listen to it, just let one of us know, like one of the staff or somebody, and we will get you a copy. But tonight, we are going to continue our conversation about the basics. And we're going to talk about one of everybody's favorite topics to talk about, and that is fear. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about fear tonight. And I'm sure the moment I said that word, all of you guys in here thought, immediately of something that you are afraid of, right? And you're like, great, thanks, Kevin. Now I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about clowns. It's wonderful. And, and what's funny when you think about fear is there's, there's a lot of ridiculous things when it comes to fear, right? Uh, my wife, for example, one of her favorite hobbies is to hide in the house somewhere to try and scare me, right? So I'll be walking around. I'll have a cup of coffee in the morning, just doing my own thing, taking care of the kids and be walking around. The next thing I know, I'll come around a corner and then boom, she'll just jump out and scare me. And I'm just, uh, it's, yeah, it's one of her favorite things to do, right? Um, But, you know, you keep talking about fear and you think about a lot of these ridiculous things. And, you know, for a little fun, I thought I'd share one more little embarrassing fact about myself. Um, When I was a kid, right, when I was about six or seven years old, uh, my sister, who I have an older sister, she's about five years older than me. So she's like 13 at this time. We would get home from school and one of her favorite shows to watch after school was the show that Nickelodeon used to put on called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Anybody ever heard of that show? Yeah. Okay, they redid it here recently, but back in the day, it was, it was the good stuff. So anyways, uh, my sister, she's watching this show, and I'm like six or seven at the time, and this episode comes on, and we start watching it, and it's all about this uh, high school swimming pool that's been shut down. Is the feedback that bad? It is terrible. Back up. You know I mean? Man, I don't want to step up over here. Is it still that bad? Better now? Oh, man, do I really got to stand up here? Oh, God. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm afraid of heights, guys. I'm just kidding. Uh, All right, so the, the episode was about this swimming pool. It was an abandoned swimming pool in a high school. And the reason it was abandoned was because there was a ghost that would haunt the swimming pool. Whenever someone went swimming in it, it would pull them under and they would disappear, right? And I watched this show. I was terrified. I didn't want to go swimming. I didn't want to do anything that had to do with water, right? But what began to happen because of this fear, it started to represent itself in the idea that I was afraid to take showers. So literally, and this is, this is what's hilarious about this, that this one little fear made it to where I didn't take a shower until I was about to play sports in high school. Like, I, like, it sounds so random, but because of this one episode, it planted this little bit of fear in me that caused me to do something ridiculous, right? And so you begin to talk about it, and we keep talking about these phobias too. I mean, there's, you, you guys know all the ridiculous ones. There are people who are scared of spiders, claustrophobia, fear of heights, FOMO. Like, there's all these ridiculous fears, right? But then you start to get into stuff that's a little bit more deep-rooted, stuff like fear, commitment, fear of pain, right? There's even, I've, I've had some conversations this week and just talking about what is it that you fear and, and you know, you really start to get down to the, to the heart of the matter when people start saying, well, I'm actually afraid to lose the people I love, right? Or I'm, for me personally, the greatest fear back when I was in college was actually the fear of failure. And it wasn't just this idea of I was afraid of failing a test. It was more rooted in this sense that I was afraid that I was gonna make a mistake or I was gonna do something that was going to let someone else down, right? And I was so gripped by this fear 
that I would be worried about the smallest details, or I would let decisions go, like, like I wouldn't make decisions just due to the worry and anxiety it would cause me because I was so afraid I was going to mess something up, right? And as you begin to talk about this, I'm sure most of you guys in here are starting to identify what it is that really does get you worried, that keeps you anxious at night, right? At the end of the day, when you're finally kind of by yourself, there's something within you that you have to deal with. It's fear. Now, what's interesting is that the Bible actually has a lot to talk about fear, right? There's about over, well, there's over 350 references or times that the Bible actually talks about it. And I'll give you guys a few right off the bat here, and it'll be up on the screen, so I'm going to read them pretty quick. That If you're able to flip through your Bible that fast, I'm impressed. But we've got Psalms 89.7. It says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. Then you've got Joshua 24.14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served. Psalms 2.11, it says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. You have Proverbs 16.6, it says, in mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. You jump over to the New Testament, we have in Luke chapter 12, verse 5, it says, but I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And you even go in Philippians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. These are just a few of the verses that the Bible talks about fear, right? And it's really interesting. And before we, even, we dive even deeper into this concept of what God talks about with fear, I believe that God is, has, has pointed something out to us tonight. And then I believe there's actually three different types of people in this room. And Paul actually, t- I, I really do believe that was a word from the Lord a while ago because you, you identified what, what I believe the Lord had. And that those three different types of people here in this room tonight, whether you're here or you're listening to this, is, is essentially this. You're, there are those of us in here who already do have a relationship with Jesus, that we believe that he is the Lord and Savior of our life. And we're choosing daily to act, to act and live our life in relationship with him right? And then there's also those of us in here that have some experience with Jesus already. Whether you had or thought you had at one time given your life to him, but along the way changed your mind or decided to choose something else for your life, or your experience with Jesus or God is just some misconceptions or ideas or disagreements you may have, right? And lastly, there are those of us in this room that this is the first time you've ever been to anything like this before, right? You, you walk through the doors and all of a sudden there's a group of people, which is rare these days, but there's a group of people that are together. They're singing songs about God and then there's people standing and talking about Jesus. You know, and most of the time for, for a lot of these people, the only time they ever hear the word Jesus or God is lined up with a, with a, with a bunch of cuss words and insults, right? But I believe that God is pointing this out because God actually deals with fear differently in the Bible and differently in real life with each of these three different types of people that are in this room. Whether you know him, think you know about him, or this is your first time ever really hearing something about him, right? And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk about these three different ways that God handles fear, right? Or what we call fear of the Lord, right? Um, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, and Paul talked about it a lot last week, and that's this idea that a lot of us in the room understand that God is good, 
that he's loving, that he's merciful, that he's gracious, like, like a lot of these characteristics about him. But then we tend to glance over these verses that tell us that we need to fear him, right? And at first, it doesn't seem to really make sense that why, if this God is so good and so loving, should I actually be afraid of him, right? Like, I, I begin to try and reconcile this in my own thought process, and I begin to even think about the relationships I have with people, or even the relationship I have with my wife. Like, I love her, and she's great, and she's wonderful, but I never really, it never really comes across my mind that I should fear her, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real life. Uh, but... What's hilarious is, well, hilarious, what, what you begin to discover when you dig in is that there are more and more verses that talk about having to fear God. In fact, one of the most popular verses when it comes to talking about fearing the Lord is this. It's Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Now, we see that fear in the Bible is attributed now to this idea of wisdom and knowledge. And we can spend a little time looking at the original language, try to get a context of what's going on here. And in the Old Testament, the, the original language is in Hebrew. And so what is the author meant by using this word? Well, in Hebrew, the word for fear here is this word called yirah, okay? And it had multiple uses throughout the Bible. It had the basic understanding all of us know of fear, terror, something being terror, like causing fear. And they had another meaning of something being awesome or even terrifying in and of itself, like an object that is causing fear. But lastly, it had this definition, the fear of God, but it's respect and reverence of piety. Okay? And when you begin to dig into this specific verse in Proverbs and what the author is trying to communicate, it's pretty clear that the type of fear he's saying here is this idea that we need to have respect and reverence toward God for wisdom. That reverence of who he is should be the starting point of our understanding and relationship to him. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Paul last week did a really great job of talking about the nature and character of this great God. And it became really easy for us to be able to, at this stage, attribute our reverence to this God that is so incredible, right? Like, it would make sense that, of course, we need to fear this, this all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent God, and honestly, we could probably end our conversation tonight here. That I could essentially say, everyone go out from here and remember to be reverent of this great God. And, you know, honestly, at this stage, this word, this, this scripture is for those of us in here tonight that already are walking with God. That have a relationship, that have said, Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord. And that what God would tell you about what it means to fear the Lord is essentially this, that the beginning of your relationship has to have reverence. That the disposition of your heart needs to be that as much as, Lord, I see how incredible you are, how magnificent you are. And I am just so blessed and grateful that I get to be loved by you. That there's a certain reverence that comes to our relationship with him, right? And like I said, we could potentially pause here, and it's good to remember this, but though reverence is one of the main uses of the word fear in the Bible, it's not the only. And what's interesting is God communicates us with the normal meaning and usage of the word fear and terror towards him as well. Why? Like I said earlier, it, it seems to not make sense of if this God is so good and so loving, why is it at the same time we should love him that we should be afraid of him? Right? 
We understand that we should have reverence of God. We don't know why we should be terrified of him. And there are probably some of you in here, too, that are good with Scripture, that have read the Bible a lot. And you could probably even quote to me right now, 1 John chapter 4. That's this great verse that says, but Kevin, in 1 John, it says, perfect love casts out all fear. So if perfect love casts out all fear, then why should we even have fear to begin with in our relationship with God? Let's talk about it. God is a good God. He is love, mercy, grace, all these things. Now, one of the things that God is that oftentimes I don't believe is mentioned a whole lot or highlighted very often is essentially that, yes, he is a good God, but he is also a just God, okay? Or the theological way of saying it is that God is justice. He is perfect justice. And being perfect justice, he cannot allow sin to go unchecked or unpunished. Now, what is it that separates us from being in relationship with God? It's sin. Simply put, sin is selfishly choosing what you want rather than selflessly choosing what God wants. And sin began in the garden when Adam and Eve selfishly chose for themselves what they wanted over what God wanted for them. And it's in that moment where they said, we choose no longer to fear God now as Lord. We will fear him later as judge. You see, God created us in his image with the intention of us being both his image and likeness, right? But then we had Adam and Eve in the fall before we became his likeness. So we are just simply his image bearers, which means his ultimate intention was for us to be in connection and intimacy with him, that the God of the universe could have a relationship, an actual relationship with his most valued and adored creation, us, right? But it is sin that has separated God of the universe from his adored image bearers, okay? And it's, it's crazy. I mean, can you imagine the anger and the wrath that God has towards sin, right? Like, it, it, it's hard. I don't think we can even really scratch the surface of what kind of holy anger this is. I mean, the, the closest I could even come to thinking of it is, is how angry I would feel if someone came and snatched someone I love and took them away from me, right? Like... But even then, it, it, I don't think it even brings a right understanding of what this anger is. It fails in comparison to what God, how he feels and reacts towards sin. And unfortunately, guys, that sin is a part of us. Whether we recognize it or not, sin has corrupted and separated us from God. And what's even worse is that oftentimes we choose rather to live in it than without it. And if sin is corruption, then can God, can a good God just allow that corruption to go unaddressed or unpunished? No. Justice does not allow for corruption to just pass away. And so you begin to ask the question, do you want to be the defendant across from the perfect judge knowing that you're guilty, right? There's another scripture here. It's Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. It says, and do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. One of our friends from a very long time ago, his name is Jonathan Edwards. If anybody ever wants to look up someone cool in history, I, I tell you right now, look up Jonathan Edwards and you'll, you'll be blown away. But he said this a long time ago about God dealing with sin. 
He says, the wrath of God is like great waters that are dammed for the present. They increase more and more and rise higher and higher till an outlet is given. And the longer the stream is stopped, the more rapid and mighty its course. When once it is let loose, if God should only withdraw his hand from the floodgate, it would immediately fly open and the fiery floods of the fierceness and wrath of God would rush forth with inconceivable fury and would come upon you with omnipotent power. You see... I'm saying all this to say that God is a God to be feared. In the same way we are in awe of his nature and character, we should be in fear. That the all-powerful God hates sin and that we, no matter which way you look at it, are sin. This is, I, I'm, I'm, I know this is heavy. I know this is something I was not really desiring in my heart to talk about this. But... It's, it's true, and it cannot go without saying that we, we must see that in the same way God is awesome as in the same way he is to be feared. And remember what we said earlier from Proverbs chapter 9, that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And, and it's important. I think we can see an obvious reason why it's wise to fear him from, from this conversation. I mean, even going back, I've, I heard a simple definition of wisdom once that was ultimately this, where they said wisdom is, is actually just knowing what to fear and what not to fear. I believe at, at this time, for those of you in here tonight who, who think you know about God, who think that at one time you may have experienced something of Jesus but chose not to walk with him, or some of you guys in here who think you know all about God and have made the decision that he's not real or, or any kind of disposition and approach to God in this way, this is what I know he's communicating to you tonight. His message is the same as it was to Adam and Eve, right? That either you can fear him now or fear him later. Now, I want, I, want to, I, want to move, I want to move from this point because I know it's very heavy. And, and what I was reminded of in, in this moment was actually one of my favorite books, a uh, series of books. It's The Chronicles of Narnia. Has anybody in here ever read The Chronicles of Narnia? Read it? Okay, there's a bunch. I figured. Uh, and the movies are pretty good too. Um, but there's this, really, uh, there's this really incredible moment in both the books and the movie. It's in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And there's a conversation that happens between Lucy, one of the characters, and, um, and Mr. and Miss Beaver. And it, and it goes like this. They're having a conversation about Aslan the lion. And Lucy says, asks this question. She goes, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, says Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Right? We spent a long time talking about this incredible God who, who has such a holy anger against sin and has this wrath that is against it. But still we're reminded in the same moment that that angry God still is good. He's not safe, but he's good. Let's go back to that scripture I quoted earlier, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. 
Now, you know, we could do another word study here. A bunch of you guys know that I love doing word studies. But, you know, we could look at the Greek in the New Testament, I, but I don't think that's where we want to go with this tonight because the scripture leads us exactly to this point. That perfect love casts out fear. This perfect love that John is writing about is Jesus. And it's he, God incarnate, that was able to take upon himself the punishment and the corruption of sin that we have spent time talking about. And it is through him that we are forgiven and reconciled to God our Father. Right? This word... I believe that perfect love casts out all fear is for those of us in here. This is your first time ever walking through the doors. This is your first time ever hearing someone talk about a God who is loving, who is merciful, who is gracious. At the same time, is an all-powerful God who is judge, right? Who deserves to be feared and have reverence and respect of who he is. But at the same time, adores each and every one of us in this room to the point that he chose to come down and become a man, and to take upon him the sin of the world, became the perfect sacrifice, the atonement. And it's through this perfect love that cast out all fear, that, that ultimately this, that, we, that, that I, would, I would tell you guys that any fear and anxiety that you would have of this world no longer matters. And it may, sound, it may sound backwards, it may sound interesting, but having the right understanding of the fear of the Lord actually casts out all other fears that you would ever have about the world. Because once you begin to understand who God is, once you begin to have a relationship with Jesus and understand the reverence and respect of who he is and what he's done for you, any other fear or worry you would ever have about your life and your world honestly does fade away, Right? Now, um, I know this may have been quick. I know, I know, you know, we've, we've spent multiple nights here where we've had long talks about big topics, but, you know, we're, we're coming, we're coming near the end here. And Alex, if you wanted to make your way back up, um, and, and, and I, I, I want to say this tonight and, and to be honest with you guys that, that I'm not trying to scare anybody into salvation tonight, Right? And I can tell you that we, Chi Alpha, we are not here using fear, using any type of, of pressure to make anybody here say the prayer of salvation, okay? What I do want for you guys tonight is to recognize that we must have a right reverence and fear of God. It's important for all of us, whether you are walking with God, whether you thought you knew about God, or whether you have never even heard the name Jesus before, it's important that we come to this moment where we begin to recognize what it means to have a fear of the Lord or fear of God, right? And so in closing, I would say this. Again, I want to address these three, the three types of, of all of us that are in this room tonight about the fear of the Lord, and what that means for each one of us, right? Like I said, for those of us in here that have already accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, remember always, have reverence for who he is. The degree of reverence you have for God will determine the intimacy of your relationship with him. And that this reverence should also drive us to tell the world of how good he is and how much he adores 
his creation, us, right? For those of us that are in here tonight that thought you knew about God and walked away or thought you had these completely different ideas about who God was, you have the choice to fear God now as Lord or you can fear him later as judge. You can continue to know what you know about God and choose to live for yourself, understanding that God in his goodness, will give you what you want. You can either choose to live with him now for now and for eternity, or you can choose to live without him in the same way. And for those of us here tonight that have never heard or known of Jesus, and honestly, for all of us in this room, it's simply this, that perfect love casts out all fears. By believing in Jesus, you can experience life with him in which the worries and anxieties of the world are no more. Simply put, by having a correct view of who God is, this reverence and respect, this fear of God, it can be the beginning of freedom from fear of this world. And you can begin to experience a life with Jesus, the perfect love, as your Savior and Lord. So this is what I want us to do tonight as we close. If you're here tonight and you knew God and walked away or thought you knew about God and recognize that you haven't given him the reverence, the respect that he deserves, or if you're here tonight and this is your first time, like I've said, this is your first time to ever hear about who God is and who Jesus is, and you want to be reconciled either back into relationship with him or start this reconciliation and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then tonight I want you to have that opportunity, okay? And so this is how we're, we're going to go about it. Um, with every head bowed, every eye closed, okay, moment of honesty here, I'll be the only one looking. What I want you to do, if that is you tonight... If you are seeking to begin a relationship with Jesus as Savior, if you're seeking reconciliation of your relationship with Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then I want you to raise your hand and I want you to look, look up at me. Okay. Okay. All right, well, you guys, you can go ahead and put your hands down. And actually, at this moment, it's okay. Everybody go ahead and pick your heads back up. You see, oftentimes we get to these moments at the end of a message where it really is true that, that salvation is necessary and that opportunity needs to be given. And that oftentimes the, the pastor or somebody is going to walk through a prayer, and, and, and we are. It's, it's as simple as the ABCs. A, admit, B, believe, and C, confess. But tonight, I'm actually not going to walk through, I'm not going to share that prayer with you necessarily. Tonight, what I want you to do, if you raised your hand and you looked at me, I'm going to ask you to find your small group leader. If you're not a part of a small group and someone brought you, I'm going to ask you to find the person that brought you. And if the person who brought you or you came here by yourself or not involved in a small group, not sure what that is, then I want you to come and find me or find Paul or one of us on staff. 
Because tonight what we want to do is I, I want us to walk through what it means, the ABCs of salvation. I want you to have that conversation with someone who cares enough about you to see you come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. And that when you begin this relationship with Jesus, you begin it with a community that wants to see you grow in that relationship with Jesus, right? And so, like I said, it's as simple as ABC, admit. We say admit that God is God and I am not. That sin has separated you from being in right relationship with him. And then we say believe, right? We believe that Jesus is the son of God who became man to die as the perfect sacrifice, the atonement for our sins. He rose again three days later and was ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the Father on our behalf, right? And then last it's see, confess. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And that he deserves the reverence and respect both as our Savior and Lord. You know, I'm, I'm giving you guys this moment. Alex is going to play in the background and we're, I'm, I'm wanting to open up this space tonight for two reasons. One, like I said, I want you guys that raised your hand, that looked up to me, I want you to have a conversation. I want you to begin that conversation with the intention of a prayer. That prayer of salvation, that prayer of just saying, Jesus, I am, I am separated from you and that I believe you are the son of God. And I confess it with my mouth. And I want you to have that moment, that conversation with your small group leader, your friend who cares so much about you, right? And like I said, if, if that person isn't here, please find me, find Paul, find one of us on staff. And at the same time, I want to open up this space because this conversation, for those of us in this room who do know Jesus already, it's important that we remember the disposition of our hearts, that it is true, a fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, that the way we approach God, the intent prior to content, is, the, is, is exactly, is, is a word of the Lord for tonight, that if we understand who he is and who we are, it will change the way that we approach God. It will change our relationship with him. And we will experience a life that is so incredible with the Lord, right? Where there is no longer a fear or worry of this world. And I want to give you guys that time to spend with the Lord. To come before him and pray that, God, I know you're my Savior and my Lord. But I recognize that I want to understand what it means to have a right reverence. A right fear of who you are in my life. And allow that to ultimately change the disposition of your heart. Okay? And so like I said, Alex is going to play in the background. Going to have just a moment of you guys being able to get in small groups and, and have those conversations. Have a moment to spread out and just spend some time with the Lord. And in a few minutes, I'm going to come back and wrap us up in a prayer. And then we'll, we'll go out and have a fun night going to Denny's or whatever. But... Let's go ahead right now, you guys, if you want to find a spot to spend with the Lord, if you need to find a spot with the small group leader, the person who brought you, then please do that now. Cool? Love you guys.
theme tonight. Um, the fear of the Lord is, as Kevin said, one of those conversations, one of those subjects of Scripture that is in many ways a conundrum. And sometimes those moments are, those topics are best understood in our world today or in our own lives. And when Kevin was speaking, this idea of the fear of the Lord and this righteous judge who cannot stand uh, the sight of sin or rebellion against him, and yet this God that we read about in Scripture that is loving and kind and generous and full of mercy and grace, they somehow coexist. They exist in the same space at the same time. And, you know, you guys know that I've got kids, four of them, in fact, and my kids, they can probably understand how God does this because their dad is terrifyingly fearful, right? When disciplined dad shows up, he can be angry, he can be loud, he can be dangerous, like taking away your phone or making your life absolutely miserable, right? But that same dad that exists in my 10-year-old's life is also the, the guy that can climb on the couch and he can snuggle up with, or I'll crawl in his bed in the morning on the top bunk and bunk and, and like whisper into his ear and tell him how much I love him and care for him and, and that he is special and unique and valuable to me. And what's interesting is the dad that they get is really dependent upon the relationship they choose to have with me. Do you understand? That the rules of my home, the rules of our family, they don't change. You guys know me as the passionate pastor, right? The guy that's always yelling something. Just imagine that passion brought into doing your chores, right? My poor children. But that same passion is brought into how much I love them and want to care for them. And, and be their protector and their father. And what's really interesting is the thing that causes the most fear in their lives, my strength, my size, my, my passion, is also the thing that should bring the most security and comfort and peace. Because when that mama bear is risen up inside of me, that protection that is going after those that have any damage towards my children is dangerous and that is the relationship that God wants with you he is desperate to give grace and mercy and love just like I'm desperate to, to crawl into my kids bunk in the morning and wake them up and whisper in their ears how much I love them that's what I want but if they force me to be disciplined dad I will because I love them and because I cannot abide that disobedience in my home. You with me? God is not to be feared in that sense if we choose to love him. I didn't fully understand where Kevin was going tonight. I knew we were talking about the fear of the Lord, but that word that the Lord gave me at the beginning of the service, your intent is prior to content, is from him. And if you want him to be your Lord, you will get his love. If you want him to be your, his, your judge, you will get his justice. 
We want him to be the Lord of our lives. We want his love, his mercy, and grace that is continually extended. I'm going to pray. We're going to release you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to have fun again. We've got some heavy topics. Next week, I'm going to be here. We're going to talk about hell. Um, right? No, it's not going to be like, we're going to discuss this. Like, I want to dig into the theology of hell. You're like, oh, dear Lord. This is good. And here's why, guys. This is part of the reason we're coming through some of these topics is because they're in Scripture, right? And we're not going to avoid them. We want to understand them. We don't want to read fear of the Lord and be like, oh, stay away from God. We want to understand who he is and why there's reverence and fear and awe. We also want to understand why Scripture talks about hell and what's it there for. You with me? Lord Jesus, be with us tonight. Let us go have fun and be a community and enjoy our time together. And Lord, I pray that we will come back next week. We will come back curious and interested to discover a new facet and understanding about you. Lord, that we will not be afraid, Lord Jesus, because we choose the relationship of love and mercy and grace. Lord, we give you praise tonight in your name. Amen. Love you guys. We will see you next week.